0: hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Kevin West. To order or download additional resources, please visit kevinwest.org.
1: There's a difference between submitting to the processes of God or bowing to the pressures that look like they might be from God, but they're from outside influences in the world. Let me give you an example. When the three Hebrew, Hebrew children, under the direction of Daniel, were in Babylon, and the children of Israel were in captivity. There was a time when Nebuchadnezzar became the king, and when he became the king, he was looking at all of his kingdom. He was a very narcissistic man, but he, he looked at his kingdom, and he said, this is wonderful. We've got it. We've got the control of all the Jews. They're all underneath our control. In chapter 1 of Daniel, he says this. He says, listen, I want you to get me all of those skilled young man. I want, I want, to, I want to know the, the young people, the children. Bring them all to me that are smart, intelligent, uh, crafty, capacity. I want them to come here because all, especially all these Jewish young people, because they're, they're bright, they're smart, they've been on, uh, you know, exposed to things that we haven't been exposed to. Now they're underneath our control. They're in our land. We've got them working for us. Now we can influence them. And what he says is in chapter one, he says, bring me all those young people because what we're going to do is we're going to teach them how to speak the language that we speak. So we're gonna pour into their mind and their head how to think and use that capacity that they have. And we're gonna teach them how to think and what to say. So they're gonna learn the doctrines and the teachings of our way. We're gonna persuade them. We're gonna to begin to shape their minds. So they begin to bring all these young people in in chapter one. Chapter two, in the second year, when Nebuchadnezzar was the king, He begins to have a dream, and he had a dream about this big old image that was was coming, and 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 so he called all of his people together after this dream because it was troubling to him. He called all of his magicians and his his uh, soothsayers, his interpreters, his smart people, his officers. He called them all together and he says, "Hey guys, I I've had this dream, and I need you to interpret it for me." And every one of them looked at him and said, "Listen, we don't know how to interpret that dream," and he's mad. Here's the king. The first, he's got a long-term plan. His plan is we not only have the Chaldeans, we not only have the Babylonian kingdom right here and all these people working in this system in the world. We've also got the Jewish people, God's chosen people under our influence. We've got them. They're not free. So we need to shape them because there's a lot of them. So in chapter one, he begins to take on an entire young generation and say, listen, I got a long-term plan. We're gonna bring them up away and show them how to think and they'll learn our ways, our doctrines, our teachings, our talk, our speech. They'll learn everything about us. Not just how we say things, but why we say things. So in chapter 2, he says, I'm on the next, in the second year, as his plan was moving forward and his idea was moving forward, he has this dream and he's mad because now he's, he's so narcissistic and he's so arrogant that he calls all of his people together and they were afraid of him because he was the king. He's the man. And he says, now, I want you to interpret this for me. They said, I can't do it. We've tried. We've, we've thought about it. We've talked about it. We've sought counsel. We've got two or three together, and we couldn't get it. Now, he's so irate and mad, he says, there's got to be somebody that can interpret this dream, and then they bring this man. They summon this man named Daniel, and Daniel is summoned and come and brought before the king, and, and Daniel says to the king, he says, listen, I've already, I'm a Jew. I'm, I'm, I'm part of this this exiled group that you brought in here, we're under your captivity. And I see two things that are happening here. I see your system and world system and the way you think. I see this Jewish system and Israel system that's the way it's thought. In other words, you've got this church, God's chosen people, under the influence of a world system that's called Babylon. And I see the two still clearly separate. I serve Jehovah God, Daniel says, but you over here on the other hand are serving every kind of God. You serve materialism, you serve sun gods, you serve Baal, you serve all of these over here, but there's in our book and where we've come from and my heritage, Daniel says, there's only one God, his name is Jehovah. And you're now coming to me, bringing me in front of you because your people don't have the answers and they can't provide to you something supernatural or spiritual outside of the natural mind, and now you're bringing me in, and I gotta tell you, I can't interpret your dream the way they interpret dreams. The only way I can interpret a dream is that it comes from our God, the God of Israel, Jehovah God, and when he gives me that interpretation, I have to tell you that I don't make it up. I don't twist it or turn it. It is exactly unfiltered how he tells me, I tell you. That's how you know that I only depend upon the supernatural power of Almighty God. I'm not just sitting around figuring out what makes good sense. I'm not trying to figure out that how I can just practically tell you what you wanna hear. I'm not a yes man, nor am I gonna just be against you. I'm only gonna tell you what the Lord tells me to say. So Debuchadnezzar says, my guys can't do it. So here's what happened. Babylon, the world system, had come to a place where they couldn't provide answers for a tough situation. So they had to look to somebody else. Now, chapter two is no different than where we're living today. The world itself is conflicted and confused. The world system is looking for answers that the government can't provide, social programs can't provide, just people on the corners can't provide, smart people just can't provide. It's requiring something that comes beyond our own natural intellect. So they're they're, they're confounded, they're they're, they're confused, they're trying to figure out how does this work, and they've got a dream, They've they've got something they see, an image that they see that is coming, and they're living under, but here's the problem, the church for the last several decades has been underneath this system, whether we know it or not, we've been underneath that same system because rather than us be separated and live under the spirit of, the, of, of Almighty God, we have ascribed and joined and intertwined ourselves into the systems of the world where we become so dependent upon the programming of the world and their system that you can't tell the church from a heathen. We, I'm just gonna go there. We've, we've become so accustomed in the church to the welfare system and the dependency of government and social programs that we've lost our connection with supernatural power that should be separating us and now we are all under together. Listen, every sickness, disease, divorce, I can name every malady and every situation that causes us to be just defeated in in our hearts and our lives and we're all looking for the same pot to get the answers. We're waiting on the government to change healthcare. We're waiting on government to change economics. We're waiting on government to release regulations and business. And you know what? All those things need to happen. All those things have to happen. I'm not, I'm not against it. I'm actually for that. But what I want you to know is if your dependency is more on their vote and their decision than your own connection with God, you're always going to be under their system. And if you have a righteous man in power, you'll rejoice. But if you have an unrighteous man, man, man in power, you'll suffer but we are under a righteous God, no matter what is and who is elected, right? So your dependency and leniency on on, on him is who you're leaning on, more so than this. These are supplemental, but they're not first, right? They should be coming to us, and when I say the church, I'm not talking about the churches, I'm talking about godly people in right places. They should be coming and saying, listen, we've got a problem we've got a solution, you have to have it. We don't know what we're doing in this place, we're, we're confounded, we don't have a healthcare issue, uh, uh, answer, we don't have a, an addiction recovery answer, we don't have, yes we're putting money at it, we're putting more money at it, and more money at it, but somehow we've expended all of ourself, and over here, we're looking for, where are the Daniels that get summoned in to life problems, that have supernatural connectivity and revelation that provide divine wisdom for those answers? Where are they? It should be us. I'm here to tell you it is us. It is us, and you're carrying it. I promise you you're carrying it. You just don't know you're carrying it. Because over the last several years, we have learned the language of Babylon and the world system. We've been taught how to think like they think, and we've lost our own separate ability to hear what God has said. So we're dependent upon a faulty system that looks right, but it's only temporary fixing when we have an eternal connection to an almighty God. So here's what happens in your life. You're living life as a Daniel, whether you know you're a Daniel or not but you're butting up against this world system in your life, addiction, marital problem, health issues, um, governmental issues, regulations, your business is struggling, whatever it might be, your banking, whatever, you're just, you're butting up against it. So this becomes the the doorkeeper for us to get our answers. It becomes the, the, so we're constantly looking at this thing going, and we're running into it. So then what happens over a period of time, we begin to submit ourself and bow ourselves down and compromise who we are as a Daniel because we don't get our answers and solutions unless we get underneath this thing. So our yeses become maybes and our nos become, I'll keep my options open. Is your yay a yay and a nay a nay? Or is it I'll weigh out my options. Are there some personal convictions like Daniel had in your life that said, I don't serve that system? I serve him. I look for him to be my connection and my answer. I know I'm under slavery and bondage right now under this Babylonian system, but even though I'm in bondage all around me, I still will not submit myself to that being my higher authority. Yes. I understand it. Yes, I have to live in it. But there's something that supersedes that in Daniel's heart. So when he's faced with those situations, and he says, they they start calling him in, Daniel had the character and the integrity that he was connected to let his yeses be yeses and his noes be noes. So when Nebuchadnezzar calls him in, they bring him in in front of Nebuchadnezzar, he says, can you interpret this dream? I can, but only because of where I stand here. I know from where my help comes from. I know my source. I know my resource. So he interprets this dream for Nebuchadnezzar, and it was perfectly interpreted, and and, and all of a sudden it gave clarity, and Daniel gets, and all of a sudden, Nebuchadnezzar, the world system, the king of the world system looks at Daniel and says, my God, we gotta, this man hears from another, another place. There's something different about him, because his wisdom isn't a natural wisdom. His solutions aren't natural solutions. His, 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 the way he talks doesn't sound like that, it's like, like our people, it, it, it's, a, it's a different language. It, it sounds different, I, it, I can't figure it out other than the fact that it, it must be the God he's serving. So then he promotes Daniel. And Daniel said, I'd like to have these three guys with me. And the three guys he had with him were Shadrach, Ameshach, and Abednego. You all know this story, but I wanna wanna, wanna extract something from this story that's gonna help us all, I believe today, see what was really happening. So Daniel gets promoted as the gatekeeper over Nebuchadnezzar's entire Babylonian kingdom. You have a a Hebrew, you have a a man that is connected to Jehovah God that did not compromise when he came over here. His yeses were yeses and his noes were noes. Because he heard supernaturally from God himself and was able to be the instrument, Nebuchadnezzar's heart turned towards Daniel. Daniel was promoted because all good and perfect gifts come from the Father of Light. All promotion is of the Lord. Not how good you are, even though you need to be good. Daniel was good, but Daniel had something in his corner that was better than good. It was God. And when God puts his stamp of favor on your life, no man, no woman, and not even yourself can remove the favor. But I made all, you don't understand, I'm making all kinds of bad decisions, I'm doing some crazy stuff. He will not change his mind of favor on your life. In Jeremiah 29 11, it says, I know the thoughts I have towards you. It's for, and they're good. And it's for an expected end. God already knows why he created you, how he created you the family that you're put in, the situations you're around. He knew your family would maybe get divorced. He knew your family would live in Southeastern Ohio or West Virginia or Kentucky or wherever you're from. He knew that your your ancestors, who they would be. He knew the bloodline that you were coming from and all that in consideration, he knew. He knew your father was gonna be an alcoholic. He knew there'd be a time in your life that you had some inclinations and tendencies to do some things wrong. He knew your bend. don't think he didn't know your bit, but still his outcome is expected and is good. His thoughts to you are still good. Even when you're not doing good, his thoughts are still good. Even when you're going the wrong direction, his thoughts are still with an expected end. So you can run, Jonah, the opposite direction, but God will prepare something for you over here that we will rebuke and call it the devil, but it really is God using the devil and whatever he's trying to destroy you in, God will take what the enemy is trying to destroy you in as a vehicle to get you on the path where his ways will still bring that a good expected end. And the question is, will you submit to that process or will you run from it? And if you don't know the difference between God's process or or, or bowing to the pressures of the world system, You'll be like a yo-yo, up one minute, down the next, on the hands of somebody. You won't be in control, you and the Lord. You'll be, uh, you'll be molded and pottered, or, clay, or you'll be like clay molded in the hands of everybody else. Life will, will, will mold you. People will mold you. You can be saved, born again. You get connected to an unhealthy girl, guys, and she's unhealthy, and I don't mean unhealthy in a, in, in, in a physical sense, I'm talking about an emotional sense, and she knows exactly what buttons to push on you, she knows what to say, you're a yo-yo in her hand. And for the longest time, you'll be in rhythm together until one day your heart tells you to go one way and her tells you to go another, and all of a sudden, now you've got what? You've got a problem. And when that problem happens, nine chances out of 10 or more, you'll give in to that emotional unhealth, and then you'll start making bad decisions, and guess what? You get off the path that you should be on and now that you're down this path, you start getting guilty and feel condemned. How'd I get here? My God, what happened? But you forget that his expected end didn't change, just because also you got off the wrong path. So when you get off the wrong path, the quickest thing you do is get on the good path. Get right back on. Well, that means you have to, that means you have to cut some stuff off, why? Because your yeses have to be yeses and your nays have to be nays. You've gotta know what's no and yes what yes. And those don't change based on circumstances, these are internal things that you already know. If this person is going to lead me down the wrong path, I have to say no. I don't say no as I go, I say no before I go. And then by me saying no, I get thrust into another place. Because I said no, because I stood firm, then I know I didn't bow to the pressures of an emotional roller coaster. I now got thrown in to the process of God to which I submit to. This process might look like hell. That might look like it's easier. Over here, they might talk about you. Over here, they would have accepted you. Here, you'd have been called everything, but things you didn't wanna be called. Over here, you'd have been a favorite. You'd have fit in over here, but over here, here, you don't fit in. Here, you're misunderstood, over here, Everybody's going to pat you on the back. Am I talking to anybody today? Submit yourself to the process. So Daniel calls these three guys and promotes them, and and the king led him. So here come Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Daniel is the gatekeeper. These three guys were Hebrews. These were not from the Babylonian kingdom. These guys were were, were 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 sold out on Jehovah God, all three of them. So, in chapter end of chapter two and beginning of chapter three in Daniel, Nebuchadnezzar now because he's training up these children to learn the Babylonian way, and now that he had this dream that was interpreted by Daniel, and he's got Daniel as over his, as the gatekeeper as one of his officers now, he's feeling pretty good about himself, and he sees the advancement that's happening. So Daniel calls these people, these three Hebrew children to himself and says, look, look, you're gonna be a part of this official government, but you're not Babylonian, you're the kingdom of God. You're Hebrew, Jehovah is your God, but you're getting promoted in that system for a time. Nebuchadnezzar calls all these people together and he says, listen, I wanna build a statue. I wanna build this image, 90 feet high. I want it to be this huge image that everybody will see when they come into this kingdom that that image represents my kingdom. Yeah. And, and furthermore, he calls all of his officers together, his governors together, his, 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 all of his officials, everybody that's in some sort of leadership capacity, and he brings them all together. And then he calls all of his musicians together and puts them over on the side. And he says this, he says, listen guys, every time the heart, the flute, the, the, the music, music, musicians begin to play. When everybody hears this sound of this musical instrument, this orchestra that plays, each playing their own part, at that sound, I want you, everybody, at the moment you hear it, you bow down and acknowledge we're in the greatest kingdom of the world, Babylonian. I'm the greatest king that ever was, Nebuchadnezzar said. And that represents that that we're worshiping that image as we bow, everybody. He said, let's try it. So that same day, somebody struck up the orchestra. The flutes go, the harps go. Every instrument was played. It was a beautiful sound, I'm sure, that went forward. But as each individual instrument played, it blew into the air, and everybody, no matter where they were, had to stop and bow to that image. Everybody did it except three, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. Why? Because they didn't have to wait till the music played. The music didn't matter to them because their heart was already, yes, I serve Jehovah. No, I won't serve any other gods. My yes was a yes, so my no is a no. There's not a maybe. So the minute that, that sound went up, everybody darts down and begins to worship except those three. Now these officials and governors and all these people coming together that were, I'm talking about high ranking people in the Babylonian system, come to the king. And then he said, hey Lord, hey Nebuchadnezzar, king, everybody's bowing to this sound, underneath this image that you've created, that represents the system that we know is gonna bring us prosperity and success. We know it, when we see it, we know that's our kingdom, yes. It's, uh, that's, that's healthcare. When we see that, we know that's, that's addiction recovery. That's social services. And that, man, that, and, anybody know what I'm talking about? Yeah. That's it, man. That is it, right? And, and you're the face of that because you created it. O King. But we got a problem. You got three rebellious Hebrews that will not bow when that sound goes off. He said, what do you mean they won't bow? I gave a decree, and when I give a decree, they bow. He said, the official said to him, said, listen, I don't understand it either. They're being defiant. For some reason, they think they're connected to something that's better than our kingdom. I can't figure it out, but they think they're better than us. They think they're different than us. They think they got something better. But what they're really doing is defying, and because, King, all three of them will not bow with that sound, what ends up happening is all of your other people over here that we've been training for the last couple of years on how to hear Babylonian language, and our ways and our thoughts, our architecture, our education, our design of life, the way we eat, the way we grow food, the the way we build businesses, they're starting, because some of them are from that same background, some of them are gonna start looking at them and going, if they aren't gonna do it, I'm not gonna bow down either. And the king knew that it could be an uprising because if ever that group of people, ever, the same lineage as Daniel, if that group of people ever got a hold of who they really are, they would recognize that they serve a God that was able to interpret my dream last time, but none of my people could do it. If those people ever understood they were connected to something bigger, greater, more powerful than Babylon and that image, we're gonna have a problem because they'll overthrow us. So he got irate and mad, so he summons, after one more time of that music playing again, they would not bow and the people were mad. They summons, he summons Sadrach, Meshach and Abednego and he to to, to himself, he says, guys." Come here, and he's mad, fury. Who do you think you are? I'm the king. I made a decree. That image represents this kingdom of which you're living. You wouldn't eat if it wasn't. You're promoted. I even promoted you to a high level of authority. You've even got a job that the government is even paying. And look at you, you're still saying you're connected. Listen, you, you, you're, you're, you're two faced. Who do you think you are? You're playing both sides against the middle. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego just looking at him. He's going, I made a decree and when that sound goes up, every time that sound goes, you better bow. And I'm gonna do it one more time to give you the benefit of the doubt. And he calls for the musicians again. And they do And right in front of the king, everybody in the entire country whew, bows and worships, except those three guys. They looked at him and they said, king, oh king, we're not from Babylon. And the God that we serve is able to deliver us from your hand. And the king said, Do you not understand the decree fully? Because the decree says if you don't worship and bow, that furnace over there is boiling hot. You're going to get cast into the furnace. I'm just giving you the opportunity to bow so you won't be in rebellion to the system of the world and the carnal system and then you won't have to go into the fiery furnace. They said, listen, whether you throw us in the furnace or you don't throw us in the furnace, and whether God delivers us from it or he doesn't. Hear that? Well, he's more than able to, but if he chooses not to, he's able to bring up us out of here, out of that thing. I will not bow to the pressure of your system But if you choose to throw us in there and God allows us to go in that fire, I will submit to his process, but I won't bow to your pressure. Yes, it's easier to compromise. But I can't compromise because my yeses are yeses and my noes are noes. You don't understand. My relationship with him is the only life that I really have. And if I cut off my life source, you own me. I've come out of addiction, I've been detoxed, I don't feel that anymore, I got my choice back, and now I'm here, and if I cut off the life source and then I submit to the pressure and bow to the pressure, I make one wrong decision I now have to serve the system and it owns me and now I'm disconnected. Anybody getting this? The first time I, you don't understand. I know God called me to do this, but it's not happening as fast as I want it to happen. But this system over here can provide you some answers. It's short-term relief. It'll, man, it'll help you. I know the marriage isn't what it's supposed to be. I know we're far apart. But if he sounds or she sounds, are you gonna turn this direction to get some temporary relief against your marriage vows? Are you going to submit to the process and it might get worse before it gets better? If your yeses are yeses and your noes are noes, that's not an option. I got to pay that electric bill. It's got to be paid. It's got to be paid. We gotta, I wanna, it's got to come from me. I'm working. I'm doing everything I know to do. I make, I'm trying to make right decisions. I'm focused on you. But it's got to be paid. I gotta, it's got to work. It's got to work. Somebody from your past comes over here and says, man, I I can take care of that for you. I'll, I'll spot you. And boy, as soon as he spots you, guess what? The borrower is servant to the lender. So guess what happens? Whew, you're underneath that thing. You got your electric paid. You bowed to the pressure rather than, Submit to the process. And what you are underneath that thing, guess what, they own you. And there's no way to get through it unless you got a break out of it. So here's what happens. We look for him, God, to be our, our, our security, our lifeline and everything about us. But when he doesn't come through at our timetable and when he doesn't come through like we thought he would, and we had it all pictured in our mind and step by step and storyboarded exactly the way it ought to go. And it just makes perfect sense here. When that doesn't happen, don't think for a minute that system of the enemy and the world system and your old natural ways. Don't begin to get drawn over here to fix something temporary. So you will abort and take into matters in your own hand ahead of the Lord. Because the Lord maketh you rich, and that rich doesn't mean just money. And he adds no sorrow to it. Here is sorrow. It's sorrow. Man, you don't understand. I've been believing God. I've been believing God for my back to be healed. You don't understand. I've had this back problem for 20 years, it's killing me. It's killing me. I mean, I mean, I, I, I'm on medication. I've done everything I know to do. I've stretched. I've gone to chiropractors. I've gone to doctors. I've, I, I get just, I get shots. I get all that. And, and, and nothing is, it just nothing's, nothing's happening. And the doctor is saying, listen, you're gonna have to go through some surgeries. I wanna take you through some sur- surgeries. And, and you're going, man, I'm a man of faith. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a woman of faith. You don't understand. I'm believing God's gonna heal me. God's gonna heal me. And I'm gonna speak the positive. I'm gonna speak the word. And I'm gonna speak the word. And I'm gonna speak the word. And then and over here is people here will help you stay there. Sometimes these are Christian people in the world system under the influence of that language going, well, you don't have the faith. I mean, I don't think, no, 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 listen. You might have to go through five surgeries. You might have to go through five surgeries. Does that mean God loves you any less? Of course not. Does that mean your expected end is different now because you had to go through five surgeries? Of course not. Does that mean his thoughts are not good and and, and, and kind towards you? Of course not. You submit yourself to the process when your focus and attention is on him. And if the Lord shows up right in the middle of your situation, you don't have to have surgery, then you know your yeses are yeses and your nays are nay and you'll be healed. Right? Are, Are you hearing what I'm saying? Submit yourself to the process. Here's what happened. They looked at the king and they said, King, I hear what you're saying. Makes perfect, good, perfectly good sense. If, 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 I, if I lean on you, man, if, if I stop my welfare check, I'll starve. If I cut that card up, there's not enough income coming in to pay. I can't cut those credit cards up. If, if I don't, you don't understand, King. Man, if I, he says, that's what I'm saying. Every time that sound is sounding, all you gotta do is worship. Submit yourself to the system. <sighs> yeah, but I can't. He looked at him right in the face and said, we're willing to get thrown in that fiery furnace. We're, we're willing to, to go without. We're willing to die. We're willing, listen to me, We're willing to be unemployed. We're willing to go without that health insurance. We're we're willing to, whatever it takes, I'm not compromising my integrity to come up underneath your system every time you make a sound. And if God chooses to let us die in that furnace, we'll die with our integrity. But God is certainly more able to raise us up out of there fury, anger, rage, he throws them in. He says, guys, and he calls his big officials, the big ones, he gets these big guys together and he says, tie them up, tie them up. So they took their own hats, their, their coats, and he ties them and bounds them with their own garments, the Bible says. And he says, now turn it up seven times hotter, so he was so mad, and he said, throw them in the furnace. So they threw all three of them in, bound, cast down, to their knees bound in that furnace. Now listen to this, it was so hot that the men that threw them in the furnace burn up. Nebuchadnezzar's watching this, because you got a showdown. You've got the kingdom of God and men that stand for righteousness that will not compromise and bow in worship to the sound of carnality, temporary fixes, marginalizing life, hmm. let me just say it this way. They weren't gonna bow down to a handout. They weren't gonna bow down to fornication and adultery. They weren't gonna bow down to addiction. They weren't gonna bow down to, 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 to uh, compromising your, 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 your own integrity and your character. They weren't gonna bow down to any, any, any murder. They weren't gonna bow down, to no, they weren't bowing down to any of that. No, I'm not submitting. Because they said no, they were really saying yes to him. And when they said yes to him, it looked like, my God, my life's falling apart. Many of us today would have been going, oh my God, they're, throwing, they're, binding, they're, they're bounding me up in my own coat. Their, their own stuff, their own stuff got them bound. In other words, what he's- in other words, he was, here's how the enemy works. You, cre- you got on that drug. You took that job. You got yourself in that debt. Look, you got yourself that way because look what you, look how you eat, and he starts naming all that indictments, 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 indictments against you, and he takes your own stuff that you really did, the stuff you created for yourself, the stuff you're carrying your own way. He bounds you up, ties you up, and then he throws you into the place to finally do you in. And they threw him in the furnace. Three of them bound in their own stuff. Here's what happened. Nebuchadnezzar goes, what happened to my guys that threw them in? I said, well, they're up. They died. It's too hot. He says, he looks in the fire. He goes, did, not, did, did, did we throw three men in that fire? He said, yeah, we threw three three men in that fire. But he said, now listen, did we, weren't they bound up, tied up with their own stuff? yeah. Didn't we use addiction against them? Didn't we use adultery against them? Didn't we use fornication against them? Did we use pornography against them? Did we use thievery against them? Did we use lying against them? Did we use all that stuff against them? Did we use all their past against them? Did we use homosexuality against them? Did we use all that stuff against them? Yes, we did. And we threw them in there, and they were bound up. There's no way they could live. He goes, then why is it I am looking at three men, and I see a fourth man in the middle of that furnace? These men are not bound like we threw them in. They're actually walking around in the midst of that fire and the fourth man that I see looks like the son of God. Looks like a son of man. It's the fourth man. Now listen, the three guys didn't see the fourth guy, but Nebuchadnezzar and the people looking in saw the fourth guy. When you say no to the world system and you say yes to God, you may not see God when you submit to the process, but the world will see God through your process. You may not see him, you may not feel him, you may not know, but in the midst of the burning sensation, the stuff that bounds you to get you in is the stuff that gets burned off of you. And that thing that addiction, god listen, the best, the fire is for you, not against you. It's the Holy Ghost and fire. The fire is the process of life where God says, my thoughts are good towards you and the end is expected is good. It's perfect, it's great. So you've got to be willing to say, listen, I know my no's and I know my yes's. He called the men up out of that fire. He said, come up out of that fire. They come up, listen to this now, they come up out of that fire, three men stood before the king. Wasn't any more talk about some music going on or sounds that were gonna be going on. The man looked up at him, three men said, we threw you in that fiery furnace. And you told us before you went in that he was well able to deliver you out of the hand of the king. But you also said, if he didn't, you're okay with that because it didn't make him, not, he's, still, he's still able. You, you were willing to submit yourself to the fire and the process of the fire to not compromise your integrity for this Babylonian system. Yeah. And here's what they said. King, there is something worse than being thrown in a fire. It's selling my soul to a system that keeps me in bondage every day of my life. There's something worse than being thrown in the midst of a process that might take me a long time to get through. I am not submitting to guilt. I'm not submitting to to, to condemnation. I'm not submitting to shame. I'm not submitting to debt. I'm not submitting to pressures of of, of what comes. I'm not gonna get myself in a position where I'm dependent upon your system and your system propagates and perpetuates more shame, guilt, condemnation, and dependency. I'm not doing it. So the key, the way we saw it, was this. It wasn't an option for us. Give me God and the process every time. Because at no time, will I submit myself in compromise of my integrity to be up underneath what you will always keep us under? And the king looked at them and said, the testimony speaks for itself. Caught them all together. From now on, we will serve and honor and acknowledge the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and Daniel. The God that not only was able, but delivered them. The God that pulls you in a process doesn't leave you alone in the midst of the process. And while you can't see him in your process, the world sees him as much as they see you. He looked at those guys and they said, I can't understand it. That fire was seven times hotter. There's no fire residue on you. Your clothes aren't even touched. You don't even smell like fire or smoke. You went through an entire process of fire, came out on the other side, and there's no trace of it on you. That has to be Jehovah God. Stand with me. Bow your heads and close your eyes real quick. It's 12 40 and I'm gonna close. There's a party starting at four. Nobody's looking around real quickly. Who, who needs to be saved in here today? You've never been saved before. Who in here never has acknowledged Jesus as Lord? You've never really submitted it over and said my yes or yes, is my nose or no's. Anybody? That I means everybody in here saved? Everybody's born again. Is that true? Okay. All right, now here, who, who in here right now is in the midst of the pressure of the process, and you're, every moment of every day, you're, you're just checking and questioning and, and tempted to just jump out of that process and kind of take matters in your own hands because you feel like just bowing down to that pressure because the pressure is so much. Who's in here like that? Just raise your hand. It's just too much to handle. You can't take it. I see your hands everywhere. I'm going to pray for you. Father, whether, whether they raised their hand or they didn't raise their hand, every single person in this room is in the midst of this process. Maybe they don't recognize it right now, but we're all in the process. And God, many of us because there's so much pressure, there's so much circumstances around us. And God, many of it is because people are dependent upon them to make the right decisions and looking to them and they feel the eyes watching them and the kids are watching them and looking to how's this gonna work. And they, you know, they don't wanna let people down and, 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 and all that. God, it's just so much, sometimes just so over overwhelming that, but then, then we start looking, we don't see any end in sight process, we don't see any light at the end of the tunnel. We can't even see the end of the tunnel. We don't know if there's a light there. We're just trusting that there is, but after a while we get weary and well-doing and God, it just all starts wearing out on us and here we are. Now God, I'm, I'm praying for my brothers and my sisters here today. Father, you're the God of the supernatural. You're the God that heals. You're the God that delivers. You're the God that gives strength when we're weak. You're you're the God that lifts us up when we're down. You're that God. And Lord, there is no other God than you. There is none. We confess that Jesus is Lord. Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God. We confess that you died on a cross that took away all of our sins. You were buried in a grave that give us a, 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 a way to bury all of our trespasses and our sins and never to be remembered anymore. You were resurrected from the dead and now you have life and you live forevermore. Because you live, we can live also. And God, many of us, uh, that was a process for them, for you. And God, many of us are in that same process and it seems like it's over and over again. And God, we're getting weary. I know many of us are weary, they're, they're tired. And God, we just see one failure after another and we just see one bad testimony after another. And, and God, after a while, your yeses become maybes and your noes become, oh, I think so's. And we don't, we don't have any lines of integrity and, and, and we're just fighting ourselves. And what's the use and our hands go up? I'm saying, Lord, you gotta bring out your people. You've got to have the Daniels and the Shadrach and the Meshach and Abednego's and they got to know that they know that they know because they know you. They have a proven record with you and you've got a proven record with them. And just as Rachel was saying earlier, seven days this week, God, those that don't have any reference of your faithfulness, Lord, I'm asking you by the sovereign power of Almighty God, by the covenant that we have in you through Christ Jesus, I'm asking you Pour out an assurance on all your people right now under the sound of my voice. Let a strength rise up within sight of them and let them know that they know that they know that they know that no matter how hard it gets, how long it takes, they will not compromise, they will not bend, they're not gonna bow, and at the end, God, they will not burn. You know the song. We've sang it for years as kids. And now, God, we stand before you, righteous in your eyes, guiltless, blameless, spotless, through Christ Jesus, our Lord. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your compassion. We thank you for your drive. Now God, give us that inner strength that only comes by the power of the Holy Spirit to lift this thing out step by step. Give us a boldness and a courage to say no where we need to say no and yes where we need to say yes. And let's march on in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. God bless you all.
0: What is it that you're called to be? Too often we think only people called into ministry are preachers, but did you know that God has called you to influence your world? Whether you're a teacher, a mom, a businessman, a doctor, you're called to bring who God is into your sphere of influence. I want to invite you to visit at Expression Church of Huntington. Our passion is to teach others how to be the expression of Christ in everyday real life. Service times are Sundays at 11 a.m., with Sunday school starting at 9.30 for all ages. We also have our midweek service called the Mid, Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Our temporary sanctuary is located at 5185 U.S. Route 60 East in Huntington at the East Hills Professional Center off of the 29th Street exit. We will soon be moving to our permanent property at Commerce Park in Huntington. I'm Stephanie Scrag, and I am Expression.